pretty much I'm a scientist who who's who's quite uh, quiet about things. And I must say, starting on Instagram, it was really hard for me to b- brag about myself. But you've noticed I've gotten over that. <laughs> Welcome to Ladies Roadmap to Living Ageless. I'm Jo Jamie Tyler. And I'm Lana Helda. We're here to expand your awareness and inspire you to uncover your own ageless journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ladies Roadmap podcast to Living Ageless. I'm Jo Jamie and Lana. I don't think there's a better example or role model for midlife women than the lovely May Musk, and she is our guest today. I mean, to Jamie, I've been watching her grace the cover of magazines, and her Instagram is a feed is amazing. You, ha- you all have to check that out. And she is the face of CoverGirl at the age of 71. Her children are changing the world. So when I look at her, I think... What a lucky woman. She's got the secret sauce. But now that we're reading her book and we are here to talk about her book, A Woman Makes a Plan, I've learned very quickly, as you all will, there's nothing about luck with this lady. She has done the work. So May, welcome so much to the Ladies Roadmap podcast. Thank you. So happy to be a guest on your show. There were some points in your book that I just found exceptionally profound and thought maybe if you'd let let me start there. Um, I was just amazed at the fearlessness and the adventure of your, the adventurous spirit of your parents. That just wasn't a typical upbringing. It wasn't at all. All my friends would go to the beaches and we would go to the Kalahari Desert. So that was considered very strange. And even nowadays it would be considered strange. And uh, we would go across the desert for three weeks from one tiny town, not even a town, tiny um, outpost to another tiny outpost for a three-week supply of water, gas and food. And can you imagine my parents with five small kids would do this? And um, no, when, and tell them about the tell. I mean, and you went across the world in a canvas plane. Well, my parents went across the world. We just went uh, um, Zimbabwe and and uh, Botswana. Okay, yeah. so they didn't try yeah, to take they, all of you. At least they no, <laughs> across no, the they world. <laughs> no, they couldn't because it. They had to. The back seats had to be. Um, they had to have petrol in it to be able to cross the sea. Ah, from, okay. From, from Asia to Australia, so they couldn't take us with us. Anyway, it was th- a three month trip, so we uh, stayed home for that one. Well, it sounds like your your DNA of adventure has just sort of kept propagating over each generation. And and speaking of that, we think all mothers and grandmothers raising their children today really need to read your book. With the success of your children, you almost think that they were very, you know, heavily overly parented or mentored. But instead, you weren't a helicopter parent. You just led by example. Yeah, my mom always called it positive neglect. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, if I'd said that to my parents, I think they would have said, we didn't neglect you because, you know, my parents worked so hard too, but also next door. So, uh, But we, see, we saw them at six at night. Yeah, and, but I uh, mean, more parents should probably do that now, right? Yeah. A little positive neglect could be good. 
I think so. But, you know, the thing is there's so many horror stories in the media, so it does make you nervous to let your kids just go out and play with neighbors or down the road or something. But in our days, we did. Yeah, it definitely has changed. But you, you were, you raised your children to be very independent, and you gave them a lot of leash. And they helped me a lot. They had to be responsible for themselves, but they also had to make sure that my business is going well and that they they are helping me as well as um, not a, you know not misbehaving so that I would have to come out of my office because I worked from home as a dietitian. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, you were a dietitian and a model at the same time. Well, I mainly was a dietitian. That was my real job. I had a practice at home and then I would model part-time. First of all, I got my Bachelor of Science degree at 21 and then I got married at 22 and had three kids in three years. So I couldn't go out looking for a job. And I started my own practice from home. And I didn't make a big effort to build up a practice because I had three little ones and no help in the home. So it's only if people said, well, can you help me with my diet? I said, come on in. And then I would have all my forms ready and I would work with them on the diet so that I would see what they eat, what their routine is like, their schedule, what uh, supplements they take, what medications they're on. And then I would set them a meal plan that would work for their lifestyle. And then they would come back once a week for me to check on everything they've eaten because they would write it all down as well as their activity. And if they went off the rails, I needed to know why. And they would have to put those, uh, that inf- give me that information so we can try and prevent that happening again. And so you change people's eating habits. And uh, I was very successful with that. That's why doctors would send their patients to me, so especially a pre-diabetic or a a new high cholesterol, and I could get their blood values looking normal. They would then, of course, send me many more patients. And then the patients would tell their friends, and then their friends would come and see me, and then I would write to their doctors, because I'd always have to do a doctor report, so that their doctors knew they were seeing me in case they had uh, um, any um, complications that maybe the patient hadn't mentioned to me. So this was uh, this built up my practice very nicely. That's why I could start all over in eight cities in three countries. I, yeah, that's where I was going to go next is yeah. that you did start over so many times. Nutrition is so prevalent now. You know, you hear so much about things. And that's one of the things I loved about what you said in the book that you disagree with the fad diets. However, you've had to balance your own weight through the years because as a model and not only a dietitian, but also a model, you felt like you wanted to look a certain way. How have you balanced that? Well, first of all, it's very easy to to gain weight. It's really easy. I mean, fried chicken, burgers, fries, chocolates, chips, cookies, cake. I mean, that's that's what made me gain the weight because I was just going through a stressful time and I was tired of, tired of, of uh, uh, you know, eating healthily. I just thought, what the hang? Yeah, and we've I, all been <laughs> Exactly. But uh, I would say, but then, of course, there's, there's um, health, the health consequences. Your cholesterol goes up, your knees and your back start hurting, so you can either go on medication for pain and for lowering cholesterol levels or you need to get to a healthy weight. So then I have been 
uh, a size six, which is not considered a skinny model because models are size zero to two. Uh, I'm a size six and I've been this way for 30 years and it's not easy and I keep focused all the time. I will only have nutritious foods around. I won't bring in the chocolates and the cookies and the cakes. But when I go out and I do eat with other people, they say, you eat more than us. I mean, how do you stay so slim? I said, it's because I don't eat this way most of the time. It's not what you eat some of the time. It's what you eat most of the time. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit more about your modeling career. You started at 15 and and you were thinking that most models don't make it after 18. And then here you are, you're in your 50s and you're still modeling. But then your modeling career came to an end and you thought, what the heck? I'm just going to let my hair grow gray. Then that's when your career just started surging. My modeling career came to an end because the model agency wouldn't send me to castings. And if I, you don't go to castings, you can't get a job. So, But then people would stop me in the street and say, oh, why are you never available? And I'd say, I am available. I haven't worked for six months. And then I found out after I got out of my contract that they'd actually been preventing me from getting into the business because, I mean, even nowadays, I mean, I was in Milan recently and and they tried to book me and they could never book me because I was never available. So just to let you know that um, sometimes it happens in the acting field. My daughter, you know, she's a director and she says in the acting field, if someone comes in and say they look like Tom Cruise, the agency will sign them on if it's the agent's for Tom Cruise, they'd sign that person on and not send them out. So in the same way with my, the agent that I joined, the agency, uh, I they were I went on my first casting, got the job easily. Oh, I thought, oh, they're going to love me. They wouldn't send me to a casting for six months after that. And I kept on saying, I didn't join your agency to stop modeling. But then I would bump into these other models my age and they'd say, why aren't you at the castings? And I was saying, then nobody, nobody wants to see me at castings. So one of the models would get my comp cards, you know, those are the cards, and take them to castings and say, May, May, why didn't you want May at the casting? And they'd say, oh, we tried, but she's not available. She said, she is available. But the agency work tells me that she isn't and there's nothing we can do if we can't book her. Sounds like as in many businesses, it's about what your relationship happens to be at the time with yeah. whoever is your agent who you're trusting to represent you. Have you? So that sounds like one of the speed bumps that you've encountered. I had so many. I had so many <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you, we, you know, we did a, a, a Instagram post and we asked the women to come up with some questions for okay, us. And great. one of them was uh, from... from uh, Cassie, and she said, how has the portrayal of women in the media changed in the past few decades, do you think? And you just mentioned, she asked, what are some of the speed bumps? So those were some for you. But how do you think things have changed for women, or have they? You know, in my two professions, women rule. I mean, as a dietitian, most of the, most of the dietitians are women. As a model, women get paid more than men and we work more than the men do. So I haven't had any discrimination there. In the media, people seem to even appreciate that I'm now going to, actually I'm going to be 72 next month. They they appreciated that I am working. So I've had a lot of interviews that way. I haven't felt that, but then I've been on panels and I've been listening to talks of women. And as I say, when they get to 50, the company wants to discard them, whereas the men, they want to make them CEOs. Well, that's not right. 
that has to change. Yeah. So uh, I, when I give my talks, I say 50% of CEOs should be women, 50% of presidents should be women, and we'll have a kinder world. And I also For say sure. that um, women have to support women, but men have to support women too. And it's, it's just, I mean, well, when I think of my agency, it was a woman in charge and she was keeping me out of the business. So that, I, that is... Um, it, it can happen that women can keep women out of the business, you know, or stop them from being promoted. It's not only men, but um, we really need to call up on people who do that. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're not experiencing those issues. Yeah. yeah no, I, no, I'm having a, a really good time. And thank you for inviting me on the podcast. That's why. That's why you invited me. <laughs> because that's what we're all about is talking about midlife reinvention and right. reimagining midlife. And, you know, in light of our current situation right now with this coronavirus, your book is so on point and you say, plan for the expected and be ready for the unexpected. Some of our listeners wanted to, they wrote in and they wanted you to maybe share some of the tools you use to stay positive when things get tough. Well, first of all, um, at the moment, what I'm doing is mainly I'm um, on social media, like Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and I'm just trying to give out posi- uh, positive messages to say you've got to feel good every day. You know, I have my dog to walk, I work out in in you know in my living room, and uh, and I'm eating well. And, uh, and then I'm still very busy with uh, interviews, which is great. They all, uh, of course, over the air. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it and, works. And, and then posting, uh, you know, if you want to, to change your career or improve your career, you need to go on social media and share your expertise because that's how I got to be with IMG models. That's how I got to be a cover girl. And that's why I'm, uh, you know, well, I actually was on a plane every week. That's how it was until... Um, uh, we all had lockdown, but it's still okay because now I'm working on my website, working on my Dropbox, uh, sending out positive messages on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So basically, you keep yourself busy. You keep I yourself keep engaged. Busy. Yeah, because I, I do like being busy. I like being, I have a lot of energy, so I need to channel it somewhere. <laughs> well, we loved the way you talked about relationships in your book. And to me, you have a really balanced mindset about relationships and marriage. What's in your love life right now? And and you're okay with being alone. Let's talk about that. I think it's so inspiring. I'm so happy being alone. <laughs> I have my I can wear whatever I like and no one no one's telling me I don't like that outfit. I don't like your that you know I, I somehow I, I say to myself now when I would date men they would say to me you're too thin, you're too fat, you dress too mm-hmm. too posh, you dress too poorly and I say to them now, when I think back, I never said that to them because no. it would be cruel. It would be right. cruel of me to say it. And, of course, it was part of controlling me. And, sure. and uh, of course, it does make you seem, feel insecure when, uh, um, when they keep on insulting you every day. So, um, so now I don't mix with people who, who insult me because if I am ugly, boring, uh, stupid, then... Um, don't tell me that. That's not nice. 
To that point, I like so much when you talk in the book about manners, even with uh, your your son Elon's children, he has five boys and it would be chaos at the at the dinner table. And finally you realize, wait a minute, I want some one-on time with each one-on-one time with each child. And how you worked with them on their manners and listening. That was a wonderful, wonderful advice for any mother, grandmother, parent. Yes, well, first of all, I have a lot of time. I had a lot of time, you know, to spend with them. And funny enough, my daughter's telling me because, of course, I, her her twins are seven years old, and she just tweeted out, um, "They really are. Are they going to survive? Because they, you know, they <laughs> they're very active." Uh, but then she says they they're playing the manners game, so so that they're trying to be better mannered than the other one. And she says it's quite funny to see how they're doing that because I would have a book there and I'd put an X or I'd put a, a check mark. And so they're trying to beat each other at good manners. So I thought, well, at least I've left a good impression there. That helps That's a lot right. when you isolate it in your, in your home and your kids can't go out to play. Yeah. Well, it takes a village to raise a family. You're, you're fortunate that you get to spend time with all of them for sure. You know, Jamie, we really don't recommend products on Ladies Roadmap unless we actually use them and love them. And I just got a new BlendJet portable blender, and I really like it, and I wondered if you've tried yours yet. Well, I sure have. It's fantastic. I'm a big green drink maker, and I have this big bulky blender at home, and this BlendJet is so small, it's the size of a water bottle, and it's wireless, so it's portable and easy to use. Yeah, I've actually been taking mine on the road with me, and I love their new Jetpack smoothies. Uh, They're made from freeze-dried fruit, and all you need to do is add water, but I like to throw in some protein powder, and I think you you like to use almond milk, right? Yes, but the best thing is that it comes in so many flavors. So I like the banana blueberry one. What about you? I think I like the peach one. I can't remember what else is in it, but like it's a peach, peach ginger. It was so good. Yum. Well, anyhow, I love the smoothie packs. Love the blender. It's great for travel. Highly recommend it. What color did you get? Oh, I got the blue one, but they had like seven colors to choose from. Which one did you get? I know. I had the hardest time. Finally, I just went for the, I think they call it purple, but I thought it looked like it was bright pink. I, you know, when I first saw it was on Instagram. They have a great Instagram. Have you have you watched it? Yeah, it's at BlendJet and they show all sorts of things. I saw somebody, they're making cocktails out of it because the ice crusher on it is so good. Oh my God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go make myself a margarita right now. That sounds awesome. Anyway, ladies, check it out on, on uh, at BlendJet at Instagram. And we actually have a great discount coupon for you. If you go to blendjet.com forward slash ladies, you can get 11% off with a two-day free shipping. So go to go to blendjet.com forward slash ladies for your discount. May, we have another question from one of our, our uh, listeners. Her name is Lisa. Ooh. And she says, how many times did you trust your gut over practical advice and vice versa? I think I didn't trust my gut often enough. I would always, I would see the red flags, but I would try to change people or the situation. And I wasn't good at that. And I would keep on saying it will get better, but then it didn't. So, you know, you need to trust your gut quicker than I did, which I hope my book will will, will help people with. 
with that, that if you're really in an unhappy situation and you cannot change the people, the person, or this, or the work, you need to get out, even though it's scary and you are scared and you are probably financially um, challenged, really, you know. As I say, fortunately, my children liked uh, peanut butter sandwiches and bean stew, <laughs> uh, which were very economical. And, and in South Africa, when I got divorced, brown bread was was subsidized. So we couldn't afford white bread, but we could afford the brown bread. And and the, um, my kids were saying how they longed for a white bread and jam sandwich, but, but I wouldn't buy it. I don't mind too. I wouldn't give it to them. Well, you know, it, that's the part I want the our listeners to, to understand about this book is the inspiration. I mean, that's a word that people throw around a lot, but Truly, after reading your book, I felt like, ah, oh, I'm 57. I still have so much that I can can do in the next 20 years. And I was truly, truly inspired and motivated. And one thing that you said that I want to bring up is you said, uh, you, we, you talk a lot about working hard and how you did get where you are from hard work. But many people now are writing books and they're saying, oh, the important, the, you know, it's important to work smart and not hard. But personally, I have not figured out how to do that yet. Me too, obviously. I think, obviously, you, you're working smart and hard because we're on this call. But um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. I'll take exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, I'm, I, you know, my team checks out your website and we were impressed. So there oh, you go. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We work really hard at it. And, you, we, yes. and you know, may we say that it's, it's a challenge every day. And you talk about in your book, you're never too old to learn technology. And yeah. it's so true. I mean, sure, sometimes we are pulling our hair out, but we're learning it. And as your children, I know, are so proud of you, ours are too. So it's really a cool place to be in. It's I love wonderful. being in my 50s for sure. Wonderful. And then somebody was interviewed uh, uh, who did who who wrote a book about happiness. And it seems like we are happiest when we are 82. So we have something to look forward to. Isn't that yeah. great? And I know my mom in her 90s, she said it was her my, my mom in her 90s says it was her happiest time, but that was also because her family were visiting her a lot. But she was in a lovely, we'd put her in a lovely uh, condo complex. She had a lovely view of the mountains in, in Canmore, which is near Banff in, in Western yeah. Canada. And mm. she just uh, appreciated beauty and everything around her. So that, that helps to have an example like that. It also sounds like your family is all very close. And May, I've found it so interesting that you have a twin. Yes, I have a twin and we FaceTime every night except when I travel. But now we FaceTime every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? We're, we're gonna have, <laughs> but everyone's having to learn how to use uh, technology now. If yes. you don't know how to use it, you're going to get left in the dust for sure. That's for sure. We find also, since our audience are midlifers, so many women complain about feeling invisible. And you also have proven very beautifully that age is irrelevant. What would you say to women who are feeling too old to try something new? So, so first of all, why are they feeling invisible? Why? I mean, they walk in. Look, when, when I move to new countries and new cities, I do walk into 
And, you know, I will go to as many uh, meetings, dietitian meetings or model agency get-togethers or anything. I would just to say I could meet people. And I was invisible, but I stood there proudly and I said, I will give myself 30 minutes of standing alone. And if no one talks to me, then I can just leave. Because, you know, people were always knowing each other and hugging and so standing in groups, of course, we won't hug for a while, I think, but, <laughs> Unfortunately. Hugged, but they were catching up and air kissing each other. And I'm saying, well, you know, you can't just walk into a group and introduce yourself because that's uncomfortable. So then I would stand there and at some stage, somebody would come and invite me to join their, their, their group. And that's where you start meeting people. And I remember that. And when I'm at an event and I see someone standing alone, I will always go to them and say, hi, do you, are you waiting for someone or do you have friends? And then if they aren't, I say, come and join our group. And uh, I just, just because it's happened to me so many times that I'm always considerate of other people standing alone at an event or a party or a um, celebration of someone and, and there's somebody standing alone. All of us have had that feeling. And, and, and I know I, there's times when I know that I need to get out and maybe go to, to some events and, I, and I'll just kind of shy away from it because I feel like that. But I think as we get older, we get better at it. Some of us do. But I love that you put that in your book. I think that was great advice. May, if you considered yourself an introvert or an extrovert. I don't know, because I, certainly if I go to a crowd of people and I don't know anyone, I, I, I won't come out and say, hello, I'm May. What are right. you doing? I, you know, I would just quietly stand. Pretty much I'm a scientist who, who's, who's quite uh, quiet about things. And I must say, starting on Instagram, it was really hard for me to b- brag about myself. But you've noticed I've gotten over that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Especially when the work started coming in that way. I said, oh, um, I'm bragging a couple no, of times I'm- a day, man. I'm yeah. so impressed that you do the Instagram like that. You know, we we sort of have, we have a definite love hate relationship with it because we're busy trying to record, and then you now you really need to have the Instagram if you're going to grow your business. So it's a definite balance trying to get it all in. Do you have any charities that are near and dear to your heart? Very much so. I have Big Green, which is a, a nonprofit. And they build vegetable and fruit gardens in underserved schools. And they've already built 650 gardens. And I've been to the the launch of the gardens, like in in, um, Hawthorne or Compton in in Los Angeles or in Memphis or, you know, in, in underserved communities. And to see these children get excited about putting dirt into the containers and then planting the seeds, it's wonderful. So with the with Big Green, they have to have um, their own team in a city because that team has to go every week and help the kids. The kids do all the work, but show the kids how to plant the seeds or how to water it and make sure they're weeding it or whatever they're doing because teachers may not have the expertise nor the time. So that's what uh, that's why they try to do 100 gardens in each city. So they in, in, in you know, seven or eight cities. And then the, my other big nonprofit is Dress for Success. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was um, 
as I started doing better, my uh, best friend and Julia Perry is also my stylist. She would always take my clothes that um, I don't wear anymore that are in good condition and send them to dress for success. And uh, then I went to go and meet the CEO of Dress for Success, and I was so impressed with what they do. Not only do they get clothes, they get bags, shoes, they do resumes, they teach the woman to do hair and their own hair and makeup. And I just couldn't believe um, how, t- how moved I was by this. So I'm a brand ambassador for them too, and uh, when I can, I will go to events and help them sell clothes or or just attend the events, say a few words. And uh, I just, um, I'm thrilled with them. And I, I've said to them many times, 30 years ago when I moved back to Canada, to Toronto, I wish I had, um, there was a dress for success then because my daughter and I desperately needed boots and a warm coat and we couldn't afford it and we'd come from South Africa where our coat and our shoes were not really uh, warm enough but uh, we we managed but it took us a couple of years before we could actually buy um, inexpensive (laughs) boots and coat. You see you, this beautiful woman that seems like you've arrived, but you, but it looks like you've been there forever. And the truth is, you had some really tough days, and you've moved and lived in different countries and started your business over, like, I think you said, what, eight or nine times? Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. Yes, and you and I wouldn't recommend moving, but you move for a reason, like you're in a bad situation and then you move because it's hard and each move is a challenge and each one has its the things that go wrong. Things just go wrong when you move <laughs> and you just have to work through that, you know. Like when I moved to Toronto and all my luggage went missing, my daughter's bag full of teddy bears, they arrived, but my bags were missing. So I was wearing Elon and Tosca's clothes to go to the university, uh, uh, working as a research officer. But, you know, uh, that's what um, you do what you have to do. And we'll get through this as well. We're going to get through this quarantine time as well. Yes, and that's why we do this. We wanted to do this show with you. We knew that you would inspire others to hang in there. Uh, there are good times and there are bad times, but as you said, we will get through this. If you want to learn more about May and her health and beauty tips, which we highly recommend, uh, read her book, A Woman Makes a Plan, or you can get it as an audio book too, which is outstanding, and you get to hear May in her beautiful accent read the book to you. Thank you. Yes, and May, thank you so much for giving us your your valuable time. And truly, we cannot tell you how much we enjoyed reading and learning about you. And I think other women are going to just, especially we women that are over 50, you are such an inspiration and we appreciate you banging the drum and sharing with us your journey. Well, thank you for all the good work you're doing too. We need more and more women to continue to inspire other women and make them feel good. Yes, and everybody follow her hashtag. It's it's great to be 71. Isn't that the greatest hashtag ever? Yes, and let me just read one more of her beautiful quote. She says, women don't have to slow down as they age. 
I'm running like a silver bullet, and that you are with that beautiful, beautiful gray hair. We love it. I'm going to call it silver hair. It's silver hair. And uh, we just wish you all the best, you and your family, and thank you again. Thank you so much. We'll have all the links to the charities and May's site so that you can easily access them at uh, the bottom of our show notes and also at our website, ladiesroadmap.com. If you want to stay up to date with our five-star podcast, be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You'll never miss an episode and you'll see our latest tried and true lifestyle products. You can sign up at ladiesroadmap.com. And ladies, if you like our show, please take a minute to subscribe and rate our podcast because it's super important so that other women can easily find the show. You can do it on iTunes or to make it even easier, we've put a link in the show notes on our website.